This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. In good times and not so good times, it's important to think about what keeps us well. It's about noticing the beauty around us, finding strength and support we've all given and received, and sharing our experiences through conversation. We all have mental health. Let's improve it together. Welcome to Living Well. Take time to kōrero. In this podcast series, people share their ideas about practical, everyday things you can do to support your well-being and build connections with others. Thanks to the Otago Mental Health Support Trust, Weave Together, ORFM Dunedin and the Lion Foundation for making this podcast possible. Kia ora. Um, I'm Annette and um, I'm a 43-year-old mother and I have three teenagers um, my husband and I own a sheep and beef farm near Outram and um, I guess I'm just going to share a little bit about my mental health journey and some of the things that I found helpful. Um, the first time I think I became aware of mental health was in my last year at high school. Um, I had a period, I think what you'd describe as depression, but at the time, and I think this is something perhaps my generation and, and older are, is that I didn't have language or didn't know what it was and I remember a friend asking me and saying, yeah, what happened there? It was sort of through a winter period. And um, I said, I don't know. I said, it just felt like my insides pulled away from my outsides. It was like I'd shut down on the inside, but current um, functioning on the outside. So not a, not a lot of people noticed, but it was just something that um, there was a bit of a change in what was happening. So, And I think that's probably been the biggest part of my journey through all of this, because it's been 25 years, and I'd say that I'm, I'm living with it. I'm not, not something that I've... Um, can say I've mastered and I'm over. It's just just part of me, and I think I've got to a place where I'm I'm accepting that that's just who I am. I might never ever be ever completely healed or over or, or cured of it, but I feel that I've got a place where I'm now can comfortably live with it. It's I wouldn't say it's an old friend, but it's just a colleague that comes along for the journey most of the time. So the biggest thing for me, um, and it's probably happened over time, is the understanding of mental health and finding language for it for me. Um, because I would say I was quite a reactive person um, when I was younger. Uh, I'm talking sort of early 20s here, where I would just not understand what my what I was thinking, not understand why I was reacting. And so I sort of ran on fairly high stress, high reactivity, sort of reasonably volatile, nothing ever sort of that people would notice but it was just my reaction to things was always quite 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 reactive and it's not until it was actually after my first child that I actually went to see a doctor and he said oh well I think it's postnatal depression and and so I started to sort of look into depression look into different things and and even then um, it probably didn't sort of I didn't understand depression and as I said before there wasn't a lot of language around what it was um, and so I probably went on this journey for probably another 10 or 15 years of periods of depression, periods of stress, this and this, and sort of up and down and not really understanding it. And um, I actually, in the end, was actually saw a therapist um, that helped me kind of unpack what it was that I was experiencing. And I think I found that really useful. And I've actually noticed that when I pulled it apart and understood myself better, I became a lot more in control of my circumstances and in control of my feelings. Um, for an example, um, what I now know is that I actually have quite high anxiety. And then if I'm in a period of anxiety for too long, it'll then sort of switch over to, to a more depressive type of thing. And I didn't, didn't know this and didn't even know what anxiety was, but 
when we were on the farm, um, probably about 10 years ago, we had a fire. There was a, a very strong nor'easter and, a, and an old heap that was um, that had gone out for almost six weeks, um, re- relit, and it got into some scrub and it was burning down towards some other houses. And that was a really high anxiety moment. And as you'd be worried about the houses, the damage, the people, all this sort of stuff was going on, you know, people being evacuated. It was a really stressful moment. But later on, when I was reflecting on it and I was talking to, to my therapist, um, I said, sometimes the feeling or the anxiousness I'm feeling on a day-to-day basis was equivalent to that day when I was feeling it when the fire was was going to damage houses. And that's, I think, a moment when I realised that things were just so out of balance that I shouldn't be feeling like there's a disaster about to happen um, just in my day-to-day life. So in sharing some of the things that have helped me, because I think I'm probably in a, in a much better place than I've been in a, in a very long time, is um, obviously getting help from from the professionals. Um, like I said, I had some therapy, but being able to go to my doctor and um, be honest about what's happening. Um, medication has been part of my journey. I think sometimes people are, I guess, hesitant about medication, but sometimes when you're in those low points or... Um, and people say, well, you've got to do this or you've got to do that. It's actually really hard um, to do that when you're low. And for me, the medication has been the thing that's helped me get up to a level where I'm a bit more stable and then able to start looking after myself. Because, you know, when you're in those low points, it's incredibly difficult to to look after yourself. So from a practical point of view, um, I'm, I'm thinking sometimes for me the anxiety, I notice it in the morning. Um, I wake up and you've just got that horrible sort of sick feeling in your stomach. And there's that temptation sort of to stay in bed. But one of the practical things I do is I actually get out of bed and I just go straight and have a shower. And it's in that moment, I think it's it's quiet, I'm not getting disturbed, and just start to sit with those feelings, start to think them through, start to process my day, and just give myself a moment to, um, I guess, come to grips with what's happening, acknowledge the anxiety. I think sometimes we try to push it away, but sometimes just thinking about it, Wondering and realising that it's actually not based in anything real is, I found quite helpful. And then you realise that actually, yeah, that's not so bad. I can keep moving. And then after that, I'll, you know, get breakfast, get ready for work and, and sort of start my day. But sometimes, you know, if I'm feeling really bad, that shower can be quite a, a helpful thing for me. Um, I think something with farming is, um, and, and this is probably a bit of a family thing, is that Farming is a, is a 24 hour a day, seven day a week job. You know, you live on your workplace and, and it's probably similar to many people that run a small business. Um, and, but I think with farming, there's things that you control, can control, um, and there's things that you can't. And somewhere along the way, there's, there, there has to be an acceptance of the things that you can't control. Like I can't control whether it rains. I can't control whether it, um, the grass grows. I can't control the prices that we get for the animals. And, and those are all things that you can worry about and spend a lot of time stressing about. But I think sometimes you've just got to be able to accept that there are things that you can't control. But the things that you are able to control are the things that you should focus on. And something that we've learned with farming, and I think it's the same with mental health, is that you need to act early. Like, for example, this year, you know, it was a particularly dry year. We had... Um, less grass than we needed for the winter but we acted early we bought an extra feed we grazed animals off we did all these practical things to help the situation and I think that's the same with mental health is that there are things that you need to do practically as early as you can to try and prevent it getting to a situation where it's things are out of control 
And that's that's those noticing your feelings, noticing where you're at, noticing that you've been in a period of high stress, so what, what's going to happen next. And, and if that happens, that's when I feel like you've got to get out your toolbox and start going through the things that you know that make you feel better. And I think as you journey through mental health, you start to learn about those things. So some of the things for me um, in my toolbox uh, is exercise. That's a huge one for me. Um, I find that if I can get outside, um, I actually like to run. Um, but it doesn't have to be running. It doesn't have to be anything, um, you know, hardcore. But it's that getting outside, lifting the heart rate, pushing yourself a little bit. And Dunedin's great for that because um, there's so many hills. It's just just walk up a hill. Get get yourself sort of up and out of your circumstances. Um, for me, that's a huge thing if I can go and, and get some exercise. And, um, and it does something physically to you. You feel better about yourself. But also mentally, it just clears your head and, and gets you out of that rut. I think so much, especially with anxiety for me, is that your thinking gets stuck. You, and you're going over and over and over the same things all the time. And so you need to do things that, that sort of get that thinking unstuck and get yourself sort of a little bit of perspective about the situation. Another thing for me, and that's when I do notice those feelings, is that I'm a person that people drain me um, and I need time with myself, um, with away from people to be energised. And so for me, seeking solitude um, is quite important. And, and that's not always easy as a mum and, and when you're busy with doing things, but I often will um, sneak away and have a bath and the kids and the family know that that's my time just to be left alone. Um, sometimes it can be journaling, praying, um, just having those moments where that's just me and my thoughts and even putting on some music and doing the housework is good if um, that's what it takes, just to get a time where your thoughts can just be left and you can just relax and um, and just kind of process. I feel like sometimes I get so much stuff going on in my head that my brain needs time to sort of process it all and that's that's what I seek is that, that solitude, that time. Other practical things is avoid getting overtired. My anxiety is so much worse when I'm tired, so I try to get sleep. And it's not always easy. I have to say there's plenty of times I wake up in the night um, and the brain starts kicking in again, but I've learned that rather than lying there, I'll get up, I'll make a hot drink, um, like a hot Milo with milk, um, I might read for a little bit and then I'll, once I start to feel a bit more relaxed again, I'll go back to bed rather than tossing and turning for, for all of the night. Here's another mindful minute. Surround yourself with good people. People with strong family or social connections are generally healthier than those who lack a support network. Make plans with supportive family members and friends or seek out activities where you can meet new people such as a club, class or support group. Um, a big thing too is being kind to yourself. I know we hear it a lot, especially, you know, we've heard it from Jacinda, you know, be kind. But I think um, for me in particular, you know, I had a lot of, and still do, um, have a lot of really negative self-talk. I'm very critical of myself. But learning about mental health and learning about some of the triggers and just just understanding it as an illness, I guess, rather than, I guess I liken it to, we so often, um, when someone's got a broken leg or someone's got a heart condition, we see it on the outside and therefore um, we give that person a little bit of grace. We give that person a little bit more space. We go, oh, well, you can't do that because, you know, you've got a sore leg or you can't do that because you've, you know, got a heart condition. But because mental health is on the inside and so often we all look very normal on the outside, um, we don't extend that same kind of um, kindness to ourselves. So for me, I, I have to... Um, be really careful of that, that I actually stop and go, 
you know, I can't put myself into that highly stressful situation for too long because I know that that's something that's not not healthy for me. Or if I am going to be in a stressful situation, I've got to then make sure that I take the time for myself. And I, I say that as good advice, but it's something I actually probably find one of the hardest things is to stop and look after myself. Um, I was thinking about it as I do this, and I do it for my family. Like when my um, my daughter was in lockdown, she was she was studying um, and finding Zoom really hard. So as soon as she got a chance, you know, it was like connect with your friends, get outside, go and, go and spend some time with people because that's what energizes her. And my son was the same. He he's quite an active. Um, kid and so he was getting sort of ratty inside and I said well how about you go and go for a run because he, he's good good runner and um, he went away for a run and came back and he said I said how are you feeling he said I feel better and so he learned that that doing something physical helps him and my husband you know he's on the farm all the time and, and so I really encourage him to get off the farm and for him it's hockey he's got a really group a nice group of guys that he goes and plays hockey with and for him that's that break away from the farm and things and 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 having a time away. But for me, I actually find it really hard because I think I, I'm naturally the person that will take care of other people. And so um, it's actually my husband at times that stops and says to me, hey, you need to do something for yourself or do you need to get away or what can you do? So it's not easy prioritising yourself. So if, if I can, and I, so I guess I want to say that even though I'm giving advice here, it's it's not always easy. And so having people around you that can support you, that know what you're going through, it's really important just to take some time and gain some perspective about life, um, and that that's important. So I hope that's been helpful, um, me just sharing a, a little bit about my journey. And I encourage you to just, you know, maybe try some of the things I've said or um, and, and just try and understand your own journey and work out those things for yourself that make a difference to you. It's, it's, a, it's a journey. It's a lifetime, I think, working um, through it. But I think it's hope and, and life can be good. You've been listening to Living Well. Take time to court it all. If you'd like to hear more ideas about practical, everyday things you can do to support your well-being and build connections with others, Check out more podcasts in this series from oar.org.nz. Thanks to the Otago Mental Health Support Trust, Weave Together, ORFM Dunedin and the Lion Foundation for making this podcast possible. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.